Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, how was your vacation? Deep Dive Live. Here, I'm, it's good, but I, I don't even care. I'm back. Football's ready. It snuck up on me. It really did. Like, I, th- I think the vacation helped it sneak up on me because I was, like, out in the wilderness, even outside of the national parks where I knew I wouldn't have service. Like, there was just 100 miles of highway in Wyoming at one point where we were trying to look at the map and nobody had service. And the kids are, you know, my daughter's like, turn the hotspot on so I can have Wi-Fi. I don't even have internet. Like, I don't have phone service here, honey. This is a thing. Look, when's the last time you saw a town? Like, God bless Wyoming, and I loved it there. It was gorgeous. But, boy, there are some, there are some stretches where it's like you might as well be in 1880. Yeah, I believe it. So, but I, believe I, it. I, think, I think being on vacation for a week, 10 days pretty much, helped speed things up. Very excited about football starting. And, yeah, fuck, we're like two days away. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, we put in our hard work in this offseason. No one can say otherwise. We put, uh, we put together something like 20 hours of recorded content handicapping the NFL. Um, I know how hard it is to keep up with that much content, especially if you don't have a commute anymore because people are, uh, you know, largely working from home now. Um, and even like people who do go into the office, it's probably not as much traffic, so you don't have much time to listen to podcasts. That all makes sense. Uh, you definitely probably didn't hear all of our takes about all these teams. So today's podcast, we are going to two-minute drill. We are just going to blow through all 32 teams, kind of recap our temp- the current temperature on these teams, talk a little bit about the, what the market consensus numbers are um, and what to expect from them this season. It's going to be a smorgasbord. Some, some will be, yeah, this is a good win total team over, under. Some will be, I like to, I'm going to like to bet this team this certain way during the season. Some of it's going to be, the market is exactly right about this team. I have no opinion, right? So we're going to be all over the place here on this podcast, but uh, we'll try to keep it tight. Uh, we're going to keep this into, you know, a one, one hour total range where you can, um, you know, catch up on our thoughts for all 32 teams. And uh, this has also given us a chance to get uh, get some of the technical glitches out, you know, figure yeah, for, out uh, for how we're doing this because we're going to try to do these live um, this season, as uh, as especially with respect to the um, the Sunday pods where we're looking yeah. at the opening numbers and we're our, firing our video, away on soft our video stuff. for sure is frozen though. Oh really? It's no yeah, I'm, I'm in there. I don't know. Periscope's being a kind of a pissant right now. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, oh. like, it, it's killing my feed a couple times. Like, I'm trying to pull up the feed, and this is what we're saying. We're going to try to figure out this stuff before we get to the – because the periscopes at halftime, that you don't have time to fuck around. we got to yeah. get to a, a second-half play. And that's in like two days. Yeah, I wonder, <laughs> so. I wonder where the videos fo- froze up. Somebody's like, the yeah. audio is fine, but the videos froze. Yeah, these we're not actually doing video, you dumb. You dumb. <laughs> it's, these, are, these are just still shots. Talk me about Bayfield, Big Ben forty to one. I bet Big Ben fifty to one. I love Big Big Ben. I'd play Big Ben down to minus one ten. I dig it, man. All right, well, we'll we'll uh, we'll just power through this. Maybe uh, maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a way to solve it. Maybe there's not. Um, but uh, let's let's keep we're gonna keep recording the podcast. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. The video just kind of like jumped. 
Like, oh, I don't God. understand what's going on with the video at all, but I don't know. The audio is working. We're going to release this in a podcast form. Like Drew said, tonight, just kind of quick recap once we get into it here. Tomorrow, we'll break down the whole week one, the big podcast, the Wednesday podcast, the one that we take serious. We're going to break down the whole effing slate tomorrow. And then Thursday, Periscope. There's going to be Periscope. Right. We're going to have a halftime Periscope. We got a game. It's we do have that. Uh, we have a full ass game. It's gonna happen. I'm probably not gonna bet on it except for the halftime periscope because yeah, that's probably pretty good to me. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's get into this uh, two minute drill. Let's start with Arizona Cardinals. You ready? Yes, are you who, who, who gets to do that one? I'll go first. Market consensus win total seven and a half, minus one and six to the over. Um, overall, uh, the Cardinals had a pretty impressive offseason. We see. Uh, a lot of a lot of people who feel like Kyler Murray is going to make a leap, and because he showed flashes of awesomeness last last year, and he was the number one overall pick. Uh, there are a lot of holes on this team, notably on the defensive side of the ball, notably in the secondary. They got Isaiah Simmons in the draft, but how he will be used is still a mystery. The defensive coordinator, not my guy. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a Cliff Kingsbury guy yet or not. All told, this Arizona Cardinals team has like. Lots of whiffs of the 2019 Cleveland Browns. Um, big free agency acquisition, or actually really big trade acquisition, best trade of the entire um, history of the NFL, probably getting Hopkins for uh, David Johnson and, uh, and company. So that was uh, probably the biggest splash for them. I have no existing takes on the Cardinals, except I think the market is a little high on this team. Uh, the needle has moved a little too far for me to think that they uh, you know, ought to be power rated where they are. Uh, and I think there's going to be some growing curves this season. There'll be some opportunities to bet against them. Uh, and uh, what do you think? Uh, is my take on 2019 Cleveland Browns a little, a little harsh, or is that fair? You said Cleveland Browns, or we're talking Arizona. Yeah, no, oh, I'm saying, like, they're I, I this get, year's Browns. Yeah, yeah this, this year's Browns. Joke. I get the joke. No, it's, it is, it's, it's the Browns with less talent, so you're probably correct. Because the defense does have some holes. We still have yet to see a ton of Kyler Murray. He was great last year. Yeah, I'm tepid on them. I'm, I'm bullish, but not as much as the market. I don't have any current bets out there on them. They're kind of a wait-and-see team for me. I probably won't be backing them early, but uh, I'm excited to see if the offense can kick it up. So, I like it. Uh, Falcons, this is a team we haven't figured out for the better part of half a decade. <laughs> really struggled to decide if they're good or not. Every year we're wrong, and then the injury bug bites them. Again, a lot of talent. Matt, Matt Ryan has an MVP to his name. You've got some really good receivers. You've got the pieces on defense. It's a tough division. You know, the market has them pretty much the same as Atlanta or Arizona, rather. So I think they're probably more likely to be a better team than Arizona. If they burn a matchup, I'd bet them. But right now, a lot of question marks for me from the coaching standpoint. So I'm going to wait and see maybe the, the switch to – a different defensive coordinator not named Dan Quinn. It works for the second half of the season. If that continues, I will be – I'll be excited about him. Yeah, maybe a team to look for unders, especially early in the season because people kind of think of a dynamic offense first and they might be a defensive team now, or at least more so than they were last year. I agree with all that. Uh, how about Baltimore Ravens? Uh, enormously fat number for the win total at 11.5 is untouchable. Um, enormously short uh, prices for NFC, AFC North title. Uh, Super Bowl title, AFC title, 
uh, and a very difficult schedule, particularly early and middle parts of the season. My general feeling is Baltimore is going to be in the conversation when it comes time to uh, settle a Super Bowl this year, but I think you're going to get better prices, uh, especially because we're expecting the AFC North overall to be more competitive this year. So it is a wait and time your market entry on the Baltimore Ravens correctly. Um, they, I still have a lot of lingering goodwill towards this team. I loved backing them last year. At, you know, it's tough to kind of separate that because it's a totally new season. Um, overall, I loved what they did in the offseason. I like their draft. I like their free agency moves. And uh, I think the Ravens are, uh, you know, clearly one, either 1A or 1B, um, best or second best team in the AFC, uh, realistically the NFL. So um, Ravens to win the Super Bowl will be a bet I place at some point in time this season. Um, but now is not that time. Yes. So Baltimore, they're good. Yeah, they're going to be good. But uh, it's super hard to back a number that's that high at this point. So tough, tough, tough. Buffalo Bills, you know how we feel. Like Josh Allen might not be a good quarterback. But man, we have a lot of respect for the coach, a lot of respect for defense, which isn't sticky. It's not predictive. Think about the Jags from two years ago, the Bears from a year ago. You have a great defense. All of a sudden, things don't go so hot, and you have a bad quarterback. I mean, it's, it screams Bears of last year. If Josh Allen's yeah. accuracy <laughs> doesn't get better, it's a tough team to back. Um, yeah. It's going to be a nice under team when they face a good pass defense. It's going to be, you know, those numbers are going to be low, but it's still like I'm willing to bet some under 40s on a team like this if we especially get some weather up by the lake. Um, totals nine, little juice to the over. It's probably about where it should be because they do have an easy division. Schedule's not terrible. Yeah, agreed with all that. Uh, and I can't get over the Buffalo as this year's Bears comparison at all. Um, the parallels are just too much to take. Um, Josh Allen, this year's Mr. Bisky. Uh, everyone can, you know, I think everyone has some, some similar feeling about that. Uh, let's move down to Carolina Panthers, five and a half, one of the lowest power rated teams across the NFL for a good reason. Uh, they are turning over almost the entirety of the defense, uh, a defense overall that if they don't hit on their draft picks is going to be, um, very difficult for them to stop anyone, let alone some of the dynamic offenses in their division, namely the Saints and the Bucks, uh, even the Falcons. Uh, so the Panthers are clearly in a rebuilding year this year. I don't know that I love the Matt Rule hire, although, you know, clearly he did good things in a bad situation in Baylor and he got Joe Brady. So there's buy-in there from, you know, pretty smart people. Um, but uh, overall, the fingerprints that they left on this team in the offseason in terms of who they added, who they paid, all of that was a little bit mishandled in my opinion. So I think Panthers uh, are going to be a team that you want to be fading early and often this season. Because their defense sucks. Like, really, it like, could be, all, so it, could, it could be all-time bad. Yeah. As far as the, the, the continuity was a big theme we hit on in the preseason previews, and this team has very little of it with a completely new coaching staff, new quarterback, new everything. You lost the leader of the defense. You know, you have CMC coming back. He's going to be great. It's going to be a bad team. It's tough. I don't see them probably getting to their win total. Uh, I didn't touch it, but uh, again, like the alt totals that are gone now because five diamonds gone. Maybe I can find something at Circa or MGM, but this was one where, yeah, I'm I'm fine with this being a, a number. This might be your number one draft pick. I think it's Carolina or the Giants, honestly, the way I'm looking at things. So I, I already faded them once. I bet the 
Red, or I bet the Raiders pretty early at one and a half. I dropped it at three plus one hundred six in my vacation photo round one round one week one plays. I'm more than happy to play it at three. I like that a lot. Not to say that I like the Raiders, but I'm pretty cold on Carolina, and I like backing some dogs in week one. So uh, it might be tough to fade them all year. Is it as they? lose some games pretty badly but they're going to be a it's it's a tough team when your, your strength is running if you're going to be behind and try to use your strength as a good running back it's hard to come back when your one bright spot is a good running back it's hard to get back in a game running the ball so could be a long season down there in charlotte uh, uh moving on to the bears eight wins plus 139 at bookmaker for the over juice to the under they named trubisky the starter like baffling of all the baffling things that happened in the off season. I think that was one of the bigger ones was that the fact that they traded assets to get falls instead of picking up one of the free agents granted COVID made it tough to get a handle on if cam was healthy or you couldn't even meet with some of the players or get physicals right away. So I don't love what the bears have done in the off season again. And you know, they're missing a few more pieces. Robinson's great. But if Mitch plays like he did last year, it's probably an eight-win team. Like, that number's pretty sharp. I don't think the Bears are bad. Like, I think they're a middle-of-the-pack team. The defense won't be what it was two years ago. Maybe never again. That was wild. But it will still be a decent defense and a, an okay offense with a suspect quarterback. So, eight wins is pretty close. I, I won't be backing them or fading them in the preseason markets for now. It's kind of a wait and see how Mitch does this year. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I agree. Their off season was probably the worst out of everyone not named Houston Texans, um, just in terms of the way they went about t- team building. Um, realistically, if you're a Bears fan, you want a hard reset on this uh, you know, leadership from the top down. Um, and But you're right. There is a potential they can do a 2018 Bears impression if they can generate leads uh, because that's kind of why their defense was perceived as being so amazing is they had a very strong pass rush and uh, they had a good first 15 plays in a lot of those games. And if you can generate a lead and you can then, you know, let your, uh, let your pass rushers pin their ears back, you can, um, you can be a dynamic team. And uh, they, you know, there's a chance they can do that if uh, uh, they kind of utilize Mitch's athleticism more so than his playmaking with his arm. Um, (laughs) Just let, yeah, let Mitch run. Um, Cincinnati Bengals are a team that has potential as we go deeper into the season, but it's a team that I have very buyer beware on because of their key weakness being the offensive line combined with a young quarterback who may need time for a place to develop downfield. Um, I think it's going to be an up and down season overall for Joe Burrow. I doubt that he puts together, you know, much that makes you think that they're going to be a contender for a playoff especially early in the season, their, their schedule is horrific. Um, I don't love a team that has an offensive line that's this week going up against some of the um, incredible pass rushes, both in division uh, and, you know, just other parts of their schedule. They, it's, a, it's a who's who of some of the best pass rushes in the league. Uh, yeah. And uh, I worry about Joe Burrow making it through the season healthy, to be honest, because he's a little small for me. Uh, I think he's going to need time to develop into an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's going to come in and take the league by storm like we've seen other young quarterbacks do. Uh, five and a half is too low for me to get involved in an under, um, but I have a very, very, very tough time making a case for over five and a half wins. Uh, this is a team that I think um, you're going to get some decent spots to back them as a dog because they have enough 
offensive weapons. And if they're going up against a team that doesn't have a particularly strong pass rush, uh, then they're going to be able to put up some points. Um, defense might be sneaky good. This is probably an under team just in terms of betting totals under. I for sure like they're under week one, but we'll get into that tomorrow. And uh, I think the future is bright long-term in Cincinnati. If they can uh, fix the offensive line issues. Yeah, I'm uh, a lot of the LSU guys, including one who came right here to Minnesota. I'm not 100% sold on like a team turning around. Like, are they really that good or was Brady that good? You know, that, that you see what Burrow did the year before or previously where he was. It, it's, it's hard to gauge, like, how important scheme fit, just the, the, the play calling and how it all works. Against, you know, I did it against some tough competitions. So I don't want to take anything away from Joe Burrow, but I've been burnt too many times by great college quarterbacks coming up and just not getting it done. So this is a team I won't be betting on early because I don't know what to do with a team that has so many question marks around them. Uh, I think you leaned a little on the under, like we'll talk about that tomorrow. I lean hard with you there. It's, it's very tempting. This could be an under team with that offensive line. It's going to be tricky for him to have a lot of success as a young quarterback with the offensive line in front of him. And I mean, there's a few weapons, but it's, it's, it's too many holes for me. The five and a half is probably about right. Um, in their division, up next, Cleveland. I think Cleveland we pretty, Steamers. Yeah, the Steamers. God, we won't even do like. Let's not even do poop jokes. Who is somebody just uh, somebody just hit us up in the uh, chat? Who do you guys like second half? <laughs> they might be they might be like that was a good joke if it was just a football joke, but they might be talking about the call or the NBA game. What was the first half time right now? Books? Probably is pretty close. It is halftime. It's 52-46 Miami. And the second half lines are, as we t- take a full full screeching halt here, it is Miami minus two. Total is 107 and a half, 108. And, I mean, it's probably. No, no play. No play. It if is anything, Miami team total over. Somebody in the chat says Cincy team total under this week. It's not a bad look. Maybe we'll bring I don't hate that at all. I, I've I've have a few team totals leans that I'm gonna kinda talk about when we get into all the games tomorrow. Oh awesome. uh, yeah, the the Cleveland Steamers were in the news today for all the wrong reasons. And I don't think they'll be a poopy team this year. I'm 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 sold on it. I think I'm 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 excited about this team. They have the roster. And I don't know if it was like the Freddie Kitchens thing. Everyone was so excited about Freddie Kitchens and it just kind of it, it didn't work out. Stefanski going to call the plays. Stefanski was good under, under Zimmer. And I think he was, uh, I think he was probably stymied a little by Zimmer's managerial style and his, the way he wanted to have an offense look. So I think with a little more freedom, this could be a fun offense and they have a couple of nice defensive pieces. Obviously miles Garrett reinstated, there's some nice pieces on the outside, and they have great – I mean, two Pro Bowl receivers and a quarterback who used to be able to get it done. So I'm bullish on them. Over eight and a half feels like an overplay. Even at this point, I think they probably make the playoffs. I think you were on the same page here. But, again, it's still the Cleveland Browns. You just never know when there's another 5-11 and 11 season right around the corner. Yeah. Um, the only major red flag since we did our preview of the Browns is not, none of the reports that have come out of Browns camp have been glowing about Baker Mayfield's progression at all, which is a huge problem. He needs to take a major step forward if this is going to be a playoff team. If 
he is the same player he was last year. This is eight win ceiling for these guys. Um, but outside of Baker, everything they did this offseason was an upgrade. They upgraded their coach. They upgraded their offensive line. They upgraded their secondary. They upgraded their pass rush. Like everything that they did across the entire team was a positive move. Um, there were, you know, there's literally nowhere that I look and I'm like, man, they really, you know, that might hurt them that they downgraded this or that they ignored that. Like it's overall, there's a lot of reasons to be bullish about this team. But if, uh, if the prevailing, you know, sentiment about Baker doesn't change after the first couple of weeks, I'm going to be pretty worried um, because they have a tough schedule. They have a tough division and uh, they're going to need him to take a major step forward if they're going to win nine games this season. But yeah, I'm with you. I think they're in the, in the mix for uh, the ninth overall seed. There's some good – our friend from Cleveland's making fun of your hair. said, who would have guessed the guy from Minnesota would have cooler hair than the surfer? I just – I had a haircut today. Like, this is the one day per month that my hair looks good. I said that to my lady. I'm like, I wish I could stand behind myself and do it the way you – because you <laughs> nail it. Like, and her, it's right in the same office building. So I might have to, like, go over there every day give her five bucks to just do my hair in the morning. She nails it every year. So Cleveland into, once you lead off us in Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. I'm not is, sure if anybody's high on this team this year. Dallas. Yeah. I think everyone's high on the Everybody. Dallas Cowboys. And that actually has kind of swayed my opinion a little bit on these guys. Like I agreed with you at super, around the time of the Super Bowl. like Dallas could be a lot better this year. They get rid of Jason Garrett. They bring in Mike McCarthy. That's got to be an upgrade. I don't care if Mike McCarthy is a retread. Um, the weapons that they put around Dak Prescott, uh, when healthy, uh, wide receivers, running back, offensive line, overall, the unit is just an absolute Ferrari, a plus incredible offense, offensive machine. Uh, and they retained Kellen Moore, who I had a lot of faith for what he was calling last year when he was, you know, when he had the keys, uh, all that said, the market has moved so far in favor of Dallas in light of the fact that they have one of the more Forest defenses across the league defense that has difficulty getting off the field. Uh, and so in case any game basically where Dallas is not playing with the lead, um, you know, they're going to be kind of under the gun and, you know, you can't, if you can't use this, this dynamic offense to get back into a game or to win a game because you can't, you know, you don't have the ball, then you're screwed. Uh, and I worry about that with this Dallas team. Anyone that has a particularly effective running game or running concept, I think is going to give them hell. They can play keep away from them. Uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit of a frustrating year for Dallas overall, just because the talent on the defensive side of the ball is so poor. Uh, and uh, the biggest story of, of all in Dallas is going to be that they monumentally fuck up, not getting Dak Prescott signed to a long-term contract. Uh, and, you know, at every time another quarterback signs an extension, uh, it looks worse and worse that they are paying him via the franchise this year and likely would have only that as an option next year uh, if the salary cap does what we think it's going to do. So uh, complicated year for Dallas. Um, if they, you know, if, if they're, if they strike on any of the kind of long shots that they threw uh, for some of the defensive players to backfill where they don't have talent, um, then this team is absolutely in the conversation to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. If the Dallas defense flops to the degree that I think is likely, uh, then they are probably a one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, same sentiments. I mean, what have, what can we say about Dallas that everybody already has? And the offense should be great. The defense might be terrible. 
and it doesn't automatically equate to an over team, even though the, this total has gotten steamed up rightfully. So I think that this matches up for an over game, but you know, like you said, some teams will be able to just run the ball. If somebody can get an early lead or a first half lead against Dallas and they have a decent secondary, it could be trouble where, you know, the whole world's going to bet Dallas second half and it's never going to be close. There's going to be a game like that where a team, like you said, is able to just play keep away and they win the second half, you know, like six to three. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be very frustrating for some betters because the defense is going to be able to let a team just run on them and, and can keep a, keep a lead. Uh, Denver Broncos, I don't know if you heard any news on them lately. Von Miller getting an MRI. A bunch of people. I mean, it's in every DM I'm, I'm at and all over the time. <laughs> Von Miller might have screwed up his ankle, might be done for the year. Don't know. We're doing this live. Let's do it live. So we Let's don't do know. I mean, there says it's fear season ending. Somebody, somebody, uh, our friend Matt from Ball Street has said that the line jumped a couple points off that, which that might be an overreaction. I don't, I, there's plenty of players that are worth points, but I don't know if I can see a line moving two and a half points from uh, at the end as good as yeah. he is. Yeah. So if that's the case, that's an overreaction. I don't think he's worth a ton to the spread. He's a great player. He's more of a full season thing. Like it's not great for Denver, who's in a very tough division as it is. Um, as a whole, they drafted some receivers. They had a great receiver. This is another one where I have a big question mark. We haven't, we didn't get to see enough of Drew Locke. I need to see a lot more of him before I get too much involved in this. So I will. Uh, they're a wait and see team for me. Their their regular season win total right at seven and a half. They should be in that range. I don't think I don't think that's unreasonable for them to be a winning team this year. But it's going to be predicated on the quarterback, and he got to play some easy games last year. So I want to see him against some tough defenses, and then I can make some more opinions. My my power number is pretty much pretty much close to uh, where it should be, and it did it, it did move two points. Like people are just blindly blindly betting against Denver, and uh, to be fair. Good, I guess. I bet Tennessee plus 100. You need to get some – I mean, already yeah, on all the plays some, you posted yeah, and stuff we talked about. The, it doesn't the, feel good to get – yeah. And, and you know, Clowney – somebody brought this up. The Clowney signing too, yes. But, I mean, that that's not why it's moving right now. No. No. Um, but, yeah, no, there's going to be some ridiculous CLV for week one because people are so uh, fired up to bet these games and these numbers are moving more than they should be. Um, we're going to have to have some serious conversations tomorrow about are we going to be the buyback on some of these because I got to tell you, um, you know, Raiders maybe getting to three and a half, Tennessee maybe getting to three plus. Like that's, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's tough. But Denver, um, you know, even, even without this news of the Von Miller injury, I was out on these guys. Uh, I don't think that um, the way that they've constructed this roster is really, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't speak to the, um, way you construct a roster in today's NFL. And overall, this has kind of been the, um, you know, the drum that's been beating over the entirety of the John Elway, uh, you know, era here. Uh, hasn't been able to evaluate quarterbacks well. Um, the Drew Locke sample size from last year, not only is it way too small, but it is biased uh, incredibly by the quality of competition. Uh, so you really know virtually nothing about him. And he, oh, by the way, doesn't get a preseason also to work uh, on, you know, the, in, in, integrate the new weapons. They did some things in free agency that I was excited about, and then they go and give Melvin Gordon a bunch of money uh, when that was when it wasn't a position of need. 
and you don't really want to be paying that kind of a running back anyway. So that was a very strange move. Uh, kind of capped off a little bit of a head-scratching offseason for them. Losing Chris Harris, I think, is going to hurt. The secondary is weaker. Uh, and now if you don't have this uh, dynamic pass rush, uh, I'm not sure what you have. Vic Fangio is not my guy. I mean, there's just a very long list of things I don't love about Denver. <laughs> so uh, I was down on them, and I think uh, I have an alt-under on them that uh, is likely going to be voided in about uh, 20 days. So, um, But I still like it. If you can find it at Circa, look for the alt-under on the Denver Broncos still. Lions. Lions. Another team that I think was reasonably low market-wide in December, I mean, sorry, in, like, in February, right? Like, they weren't expected to do much. People who looked at the data a little bit closely recognized that, uh, you know, their performance was better than their record over the first half of the season, and then they lose Stafford, who was performing at a pretty high level. They had a coaching staff that stepped up their offensive game planning substantially uh, over the Jim Bob Cooter era. Uh, and realistically, if they get a little bit more aggressive in second halves of games this season, they're going to win a lot more football games. They have strength on the offensive line now. Uh, they should be able to manifest a little more of a running game this year, which will help them put away leads if they can get them. Uh, they have some of the more dynamic pass-catching you know, trios that will be trotting out there in terms of wide receiver one, two, tight end, uh, and Stafford can sling. He's a very good quarterback, He can, uh, and when you're asking him to throw it down the field, he is dangerous. They have weaknesses still on defense. Surely the youth in the secondary is a concern with these guys. The inability to generate much of a pass rush is going to bite them in the ass um, in terms of retaining leads. So uh, at least in at this point, I could not get involved in a Detroit to win the NFC North future, even though yeah, we, we I understand all I understand all of the reasons why. Like everyone else in the division takes a step backwards and you're getting healthier and you have the easiest schedule. Like there's a lot, there's a great uh, you know, set of reasons why uh, I couldn't do it just because I feel like this team's going to blow lead still. Um, and uh, it's the number is long gone. So there's definitely no point in running and betting Detroit Lions at this point. Um, just looking at this number again, I don't have action on Detroit versus Chicago in week one, but uh, I'm not sure that there's three points difference between those teams. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's going to be a uh, tough decision making on, uh, uh, on what to do with these guys early in the season. Uh, as the market has we're, saturated on them to a degree. We're failing miserably at the two-minute drill. Oh. Like, we're so behind. Okay. I'm giving you a hard time because you talk about the Lions forever. Um, yeah, same. A lot of people have opinions on Lions. I, I, th- I think they do. It's, 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 my, it's everything I said about the Steelers, but in the NFC. Like, Stafford's a good quarterback. They just needed, you know, get the offense right. He was hurt. You're not going to have a good season when you have a, a level of quarterback that high that's hurt. I like the addition of Swift. He's hurt now, too. I don't know if I care for the Peterson signing. Uh, they replace Slay. Probably a lateral move there, maybe a little bit of a downgrade. But, again, like seven wins is probably a little low. I lean over on them. Everybody in the world leans over on them. Everybody that got the good numbers, congrats. Like It's not bettable right now at like five. If you yeah. got eight or ten to one on Detroit to win the division, that was the play. Good job. Yeah. I agree with that because, uh, yeah, the pa- next to the Packers, and when we get into Minnesota too, and we didn't have much nice to say about the Bears, we don't have much nice to say about anybody in this division. They bring in love, you know. I'm not a big narrative guy, but that can't have made Rodgers happy. Like he's he's not happy. They don't 
not even the bringing in the quarterback. It's not getting him a receiver. Devontae Adams already a little dinged up, and it's he's all they have. Like, I know there's a couple other receivers that are okay, but man, you need you need more than that. If you are the tail end of an MVP Hall of Fame quarterback like this, who's not been as good the past few years, get him something to do here. Get him some receivers. I, I hate the Packers, and I feel bad for him. Nine feels about right. I think we both said that. Minnesota and Green Bay might just both have nine wins, and it comes down to a tiebreaker. I'm not high on this team. I'm, it's a real wait and see how the offense looks. The defense should be continuing to improve, I think, be a top half of the league team. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, really – they may be fine this year. They're probably a playoff team this year. I think if I if you force me to make a prediction, I think the Packers win the NFC North just on the basis of they're the least flawed team out of yeah. these four. But uh, the long term future with the Packers is a huge problem. Uh, their their team building decision making this off season um, was fraught with mistakes. Uh, I can I lose count really trying to uh, think through all the poor decisions that they made this year. And it's set them up for kind of ushering Rogers out the door in the next couple of years. I don't like, uh, I don't love love uh, certainly. And I don't love the emphasis they're going to put on the running game. So uh, Packers are going to be a frustrating team uh, to watch over, you know, watch the franchise as it uh, continues to evolve down this path. And uh, not sure I'm a LaFleur guy either. I don't, uh, you know, he, he had some, uh, some success with his first 15, you know, 15 scripted plays last year that got them some leads that really helped them, you know, get to their 13 wins. Uh, tough to, tough to repeat that. So, um, buyer beware on the Packers, although I do like them for week one, but that number is also long gone. So yeah, <laughs> Houston, uh, again, Bill O'Brien, the GM, uh, had probably one of the most, um, I guess he had one of the poorest off seasons of any GM the last at least in the years I've been following the NFL and, and roster building decisions. Um, the loss of Hopkins is probably not going to be obvious because they backfilled with volume in terms of wide receivers. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, and Watson is good enough that he will make, uh, make the most of what he's got. But I do worry a little bit about how much, um, you know, his accuracy issues were covered up a little bit because, Hopkins had a catch radius that was like infinity. Um, the defense still has massive problems, although, um, you know, they have a couple of bright spots at a couple of key places. Uh, I still think overall it's a unit that can be scored on uh, if you have any semblance of a pulse uh, in terms of offensive, you know, talent or strategy, um, which I think puts a lot of pressure on uh, Watson to, you know, go score for score with teams, come back on teams, uh, and he can do it with the, you know, with the unit he's got. The offensive line was upgraded. Um, but really what, you know, has kind of got the uh, the Texans here at seven and a half wins is their schedule is is absolute horror show. It's not um, great. Especially early in the season. Uh, entirely likely this is like an 0-4 team and everybody's asking questions about where it all went wrong. And, you know, two people are quitting on the season at some point uh, before you even get to the halfway mark. So, that's why there's such a depressed number, but seven and a half actually does feel like an overreaction to the under. Uh, if I was going to make any play on them, I'd probably uh, play the over at this number, but I think realistically, um, you know, you wait until halfway in the season, you see if there's any pulse with this team, you try to grab like a 10 to one to win the AFC South or something once they get to the easier part of their schedule. 
Yeah, we talked about that a little on the preview. If you want to bet Houston, don't do it yet. The first four games are rough. Like the, the first stretch is tough. So if you, if you are a believer in Houston or maybe even, and this will be the very next team, maybe a, not a believer in Indy, which is one of the big, uh, the big teams that people are really kind of falling in love with here is bet Houston later after they get through those first, like best case is what, like two and two. I'd be excited if they were two and two, if I'm a Houston fan. So I, I think if you bet Houston, bet them late. Uh, Indy, I'm not as high on as other people. Nine and a half feels high. Our friend Suma loves them. It is a good quarterback behind a great offensive line with a couple of offensive weapons and I mean a handful of serviceable running backs. It should be a good team. Nine and a half feels a bit high. That's why it's juiced to the under. It feels like a, a regular season win total for me. If I was setting, it would be like eight and a half, which apparently would get bet up. Because the market disagrees with me. I'm not as sold. Uh, Rivers made a lot of mistakes last year with better receivers, with a better offense around him. Maybe not as good of an offensive line, but he – and worse coaching. So, I don't know. If the coaching and the offensive line can elevate Rivers that much, I guess it's a a dangerous team. I just don't see it. They still have a few holes. Um, The defense is going to be good but not great. So, I'm not sold on the Colts. But, again, if they were – if they won the division, I guess it wouldn't surprise me because this is, you know, it's still Phillip Rivers. He's still a very good quarterback. Yeah, no, that's very well said. I think uh, that their best case scenario, they make their win total. They threaten for the AFC South and they're one and done in the playoffs. I don't think this is a threatening team across the uh, overall AFC landscape. And I think, uh, you know, I'm a lot lower on this team than the market. Nine and a half is crazy. Like I kind of can't believe it's already, it's up to nine and a half. Like that's yeah. kind of, that's I mean, kind of it's wild. minus it's minus one thirty to the under. Yeah, but still, I mean, still, it's yeah. that's that's a nine and a half for this team is big. I mean, really, realistically, the only thing that they did differently from last season was Philip Rivers. A lot of their other, and, and you know, and it's tough because I like Chris Ballard, I like Frank Reich a lot, but the decisions they made this offseason did make a ton of sense to me. Uh, and they're going to have to hit on their wide receiver, their young wide receivers. They're going to have to hit on their young D backs if they're going to competitive this year uh and i think this is a team that's maybe more set up for success in a year or two with a uh you know with a good young quarterback not uh you know not a retread in phil rivers so we'll see i'm prepared to be wrong on that take um but and again their schedule is easy as poo out of the gate so we are going to not learn anything about them until like week six or week seven when the going gets a little tougher um jacksonville jaguars another team that uh is I think this is the lowest power rated team across the entire NFL. Um, their win total is four and a half. Uh, I get it, but that's low. Um, the, all of the kind of star power across this defense is gone. Uh, they've been traded for parts. Uh, Gardner Minshew is your starting quarterback, which can be potentially good thing for you because he's on an amazingly cost-controlled uh, contract. Um, but he has to not suck. Uh, and he didn't suck last year by any means. Um, he had a couple of bright spots, especially early in the season. Um, but I don't uh, know that he has either the offensive line strength to give him time uh, to kind of learn this offense or if he has the right coaching philosophy in place. I mean, they bring in Jay Gruden as their own coordinator who, I don't know if he really has the goods to teach a young quarterback how to play well in this league or not. Um, certainly didn't last year, but uh, it's, 
you know, it's likely going to be a complete rebuild for the Jags next year if they don't, uh, you know, surprise here. And I think with a lot of people playing for their jobs and with the kind of the dearth in talent across, um, you know, a lot of key positions, uh, there's not a lot to be hopeful for if you're a Jags fan. So um, maybe they'll cover some big numbers. Uh, maybe they'll cover early this week. You know, maybe they'll cover a touchdown spread against the, the Colts. Who knows? Uh, but I uh, will – I don't know if I'm going to watch many Jags games. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to bet on the Jags or against them very often. Uh, and uh, I don't know that uh, there's much interesting really. Yeah, I'm not, even, I'm not even going to talk about the Jags. I'm going to, there's a question. <laughs> yeah. why, and this is a, a decent question. I think I have an answer. Is why did the Steelers get praised on the podcast for trading a first-round pick for Minka, but the Colts were scrutinized? And I think the answer is because one's a, one's a coverage guy and the other one is – you know, look what happened he's to the Bears. Tackle. Yeah, it's a detail. He's great. I love him. Him, Leonard Hook. I just mentioned that. Him, Leonard Hooker. There's there's some good players on the defense. And I, I guess maybe if we did scrutinize him, that was maybe a little harsh because he's a great player. I'm not sure if you could find a D-tackle like that in the draft. But certainly not somebody of his caliber immediately. But I, I'd much rather it's a see. Good question, though. I mean, I'd, I'd overall, I'd much rather see you get a, a someone in the in coverage. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think uh, we go back to our friend Booger. You want to you want to be able to succeed in the passing game, and you got to be able to stop the pass if you want to win in today's NFL. And DeForest Buckner. What's that? If Booger yeah. says it, it's true. Booger yeah, says no, it's, it's true. I, and honestly, it, like in, in in like over kind of like an overarching theme, I think trading first round picks for an established player who you can keep for a couple of years or, you know, you can resign at a fair price. Like it's probably not a bad strategy. No, it's not. But and not Minka, they got, they got Minka, they got Minka on a better contract. Number one. Yeah. They get, yeah, DeForest Buckner, they immediately had to pay him, but it doesn't matter because Indianapolis had so much damn money on, you know, they were under the cap by you a know, hundred million dollars or something. That's they, true, had to, yeah, they had to scratch out some money anyway. So that was fine. Um, and I, you know, and just overall, uh, you know, the Minka Fitzpatrick was an enormous need and kind of was the final key to a good defense last year, whereas DeForest Buckner is kind of a need uh, and you still have a lot of holes that you, it would have been nice to have uh, a first-round pick in one of the best drafts of the last 10 years. So, um, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, I think that they were – there's there was a – there's not – it's not that one was good and one was bad. I think the Minka Fitzpatrick move was solid fantastic. and the Indianapolis move was fine. I think it's kind of the way I would put it, right? Yeah, it's degrees, shades of gray there. Uh, you want to do KC? KC, they won the Super Bowl. They're still going to be good. Um, everyone's creaming their pants over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Maybe they're right. He could be a fun weapon. If they add one more weapon to that offense and it turns out right, it's going to be a very good team. We'll see how the patchwork secondary does in year two because it's a little more patchwork. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing I'm looking for when I'm watching Chiefs games. Like, what am I supposed to say? They're going to be good. They're a great team. 11 and a half, it's hard to bet into. This team could win 14. It could win 16. I mean, the, that 11 and a half, it's just it's tricky to bet those because all it takes is, you know, Mahomes banging up his knee again where he misses four, five, six games. They're still very dangerous in the playoffs when the Super Bowl, but the, the 11 and a half is in danger. So I'm staying away from them. Going to kind of watch to see how the defense plays. If that defense isn't getting it together, boy, are those totals going to fly up. So <laughs> they already are. Um, the 
I agree with all that. Uh, the only other thing I would add to the mix is I don't know that you're, that this is the kind of championship team that comes in with the chip on their shoulder and like lights the world on fire out of the first half of the season to prove that they deserve to win. Like you see that sometimes, and that's not the sense that I get from these guys at all. I think this is much, that was much last year was much more, uh, uh, Oh, we don't really need to try it till December kind of a lesson that they learned. Right. And I think to the degree that you can take some shots against the chiefs early this season, um, maybe not in game one, but for sure later, you know, you know, weeks two, three, four, five, they're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to be an inflated number at 11 and a half. And um, overall uh, you can't make an argument about continuity being a problem for some teams and not point out that everyone's back. Basically this is the entire, you know, the rich got richer across the league and Casey is a great example. All the coordinators back is huge. All of the key offensive pieces back is huge uh, with the exception of maybe even an upgrade at running back. So it's, it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a good solid team. They'll be in every game. As long as Pat Mahomes is healthy, they're going to be a factor. Uh, and realistically, if you think the chiefs are going to you know, have life to repeat, which they do, um, that number is only going to get shorter. That four to one for them to win the Super Bowl is going one way. and It is not up. So keep that in mind. If you're betting futures chargers, a team that, yeah. Should I go Raiders next or Chargers? Well, LAS comes before LOS. That's a good point. Let's talk about the Raiders. I'm, like, I'm just looking at the- LAS, the Las Vegas Raiders. Seven and a half win total. Um, and a team that the market can't really agree on if they're going to be good or bad. Do you think yeah. that's a fair statement? That is. There's been a little push-pull push on that, and I'm right there with them. Like I said, I bet them week one, but I'm not saying they might be a good team. I just thought the number versus Carolina was silly just because they're on the road. Right, yeah, and I think seven and a half is fair. I think this is an eight and eight kind of team. I don't love John Gruden, uh, especially kind of his philosophy for today's NFL. I don't love Derek Carr, although I recognize that Carr can perform at a level that is higher than the market rates him. Uh, he has to have a ton of protection up the middle, especially in order to be able to reach that level. If he feels any interior pressure, he turns into a puddle of uh, puddle of mud and uh, he's skipping passes and he's completely ineffective as a quarterback. So uh, anytime they go up against a team with an especially good interior pass rush, I will be fading the Raiders. Anytime they go up against a team where they have the advantage with their offensive line, which is good and strong and cohesive and co and, uh, you know, has carried over a lot of starters from last season. Um, you know, they're going to be able to be, they're going to be competitive against the teams with the, uh, the worst, you know, with the, with the more poor pass defenses in this league. Um, I worry a lot about their offensive weapons uh, outside of their tight end. Uh, and uh, I think, and, you know, running back's good too, but you know, what, what does, what does that matter? I guess they can retain the. the yeah. Good, good young running back, um, good young or good tight end. I mean, he's youngish too. If car plays yeah. back. It, yeah, if they can, better, right. it's, a, it's a fringe playoff team, but again, it's their 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 range doesn't go as high as maybe the fans would like it. I don't think they're a double digit team. It's like nine and seven to probably the ceiling. Yeah, like I bet on them, but I'm not super excited. They're um, not winning anything and, with and, and, yeah. Like somebody, yeah. I was going to bring this up, and somebody just uh, threw it in the chat. Like Mariota's on the IR now. Like it's, you're you're sticking with Carr, so you that was a terrible work. signing in the first place. I have no Total. idea why you gave him money. Yeah. That, like you know, so, a, a lot of Mike Mayock's decisions are head scratchers. There's no denying that. Yeah, so I'm I'm 
pretty set on them being right around their win total. I would lean under, in all honesty, even for a team I'm betting on. So <laughs> it, is, it is it is juicy, but they, they I mean they have a few. I agree with you in that because they 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 only have one path to victory, and that's get a lead and then run out the clock. Yeah, um, and you know, they don't have a good enough pass rush. They don't have a good enough pass defense. They're not going to be able to come back in games necessarily. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a. Uh, it's, it's going to be tough for them to get to eight. Now the Chargers. Yeah. And we did kind of bring this up when I, when we were talking Cincinnati, and we'll get into that game a bunch tomorrow. The defense could be great. The offense just doesn't – they don't have their quarterback. I don't like Herbert. And to be fair, I'm old and I live in the Midwest, and I don't stay up and watch all the Pac-12 games. By that time, I'm just, like, tired. And I'm doing something else. I am college footballed out. So I don't know if I caught a lot of him. <laughs> I didn't like the pick. Just I watched some highlights of him before the draft. I'm not sold on the guy. We're we're Tyrod people, Tyrod, but he's never gonna, you know, win you. But he brought the Bills to the playoffs, I guess, but it's it's a waste of some of the weapons they have to not have a good quarterback in the system. So I'm down on him. I wanted to be high on him. I just can't see Tyrod doing it for him. Oh, if the defense is good and he's not getting sacked seven times a game, they go over the win total. If he plays like shit, they bring in Herbert. He has growing pains. This flies under the seven and a half. Yes, absolutely. It'd be sure. like a six and yeah. ten growing t- growing pain season. Yeah, this is under uh, here for sure. This is what they call a bimodal distribution. <laughs> you're clustered around eight wins, or you're clustered around four, uh, and there's nothing in between here. And uh, the loss of Derwin James man. sucks. What's that? Yeah, well, you prefer, I haven't heard that one for a long time. Bimodal distribution. Um, the uh, the loss of Derwin James absolutely sucks. Uh, it, I had them penciled in as a top five defense. I was excited about them to just be uh, just a, a, a world-wrecking unit. Um, and now that's kind of in the flux without uh, one of their key players in the secondary. Their pass rush is still quite strong. Their run stopping is quite strong, so... Uh, they'll still be a good defense, uh, but not quite as dynamic. Uh, and you're right. The, Tarad's not going to lose you games. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to throw it early interceptions that puts you in a hole that uh, was kind of the staple of the end of the Philip Rivers regime. Uh, so there should be some uh, improvement from the quarterback position just in terms of the turnover margin. Um, but he certainly is not going to utilize the, uh, all of the weapons that you have at his disposal. Um, and, you know, not not in love with the GM decision making and coaching that went into this uh, this last offseason. The Herbert pick was kind of a head scratcher as well. Um, so, not uh, not super bullish on the Chargers' future. I don't think we're bullish on anyone in Los Angeles. Well, there's some good players on the Rams. I like parts. I like parts. There's some really, really, really good players on the Rams. The problem is that there's lots of not good players, <laughs> and that. Uh, you know, to the, degree, to the degree that you have uh, your 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 overall performance is defined by your weakest link. There's a lot of weak links with the Rams, and they're going to be in some games. They're going to compete hard, and they're going to win some games. Uh, but they're also going to look ugly at times, and it's all going to come down to uh, whether the offensive line can take a step forward. That was the Achilles' heel last year uh, in opportunities where. Um, Goff was un, was in under pressure where he was under duress. Uh, he was awful. Uh, and he had some standout negative performances where he was, um, you know, being pressured. And I don't 
think that the Rams made a especially nice improvement on the offensive line, but they all, all at least will have a whole other year together. So maybe they're a little bit better. Um, the bigger question mark is the attrition on defense uh, was pretty amazing. They lost a ton of kind of a, a replacement to above replacement level players all throughout their linebacking core and secondary. Um, and if anything happens to Aaron Donald, if anything happens to Jalen Ramsey, this is like a bottom five defense all of a sudden. Um, and they may not even be that good because you can put two hats on. Uh, you can put two hats on Aaron Donald and you can throw away from Jalen Ramsey. So they're, they're going to be exposed at times. This defense is not great. Um, and uh, nothing that I've really seen in terms of, um, you know, how they're trying to address their holes is inspiring. Uh, but uh, when they are going up against bad defenses, they're going to absolutely shine. Uh, and I think we'll have uh, some more to say about their Sunday night football opener on tomorrow's pod. Yeah. I mean, I don't like golf. My conspiracy theory is that maybe he'll be able to hear McVay from the sideline because there's no fans. And he can yell at him even after the, the headsets go out and he'll be okay. But yeah, it's stars and scrubs means you're thin. And if you're thin, you're just one injury away from being a top 10 pick next year. Yeah. Long, long way off from that Super Bowl team. If everyone stays healthy, it's a decent team, makes a run towards the playoffs. If they, I mean, an injury or two, we're looking at, we're looking at some bad, we're looking at some bad juju for this team. Um, I'd like to see McVay make a step forward too. He needs to step forward and, and be a better, uh, more aggressive coach in game gameplay, game 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 specific game situations. Yeah. So, um, Dolphins bullish on them, but with like a disclaimer, like I, I don't think they're going to be a good team. I'm excited for the future, long term. Love how many draft picks they have next year. I like what they did this year, knowing they can't fill every hole. Like, you know, God bless them. They might be a good team here eventually. Excited to see Tua. Never know what you're going to get with Fitzpatrick. I traditionally try not to bet Fitzpatrick games because you literally do not know what he's going to do. He can be great, and he can be so, 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 so bad. So kind of staying away from those games early. Six is probably about right. It's not the easiest schedule, and they still have plenty of holes. And the continuity, you know, if we're going to rag on – uh, other teams like the Panthers for having a complete lack of continuity. This is the same thing. There's so many new pieces here. It's going to take a while. This is a team to monitor because they could be like a really shitty team to start. And as they gain some continuity, you start to see things working and be like, the market's not catching up on this team maybe. And I think the Dolphins are a little better than the market thinks. And I, you know, it could be, a, or it just could be a train wreck. But that, that's what you want, look for in a team like this. It's going to take a little bit. And if it does, try to be ahead of it. Yeah. I think uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sold that Fitzpatrick is a serviceable quarterback in today's NFL, even though his stats last year were, you know, were impressive. Uh, you know, he's also capable of making key mistakes that takes you out of games and he may have a short leash. Um, they spent a lot of money on the defense. Tons and tons and tons of acquisitions across the defense, but they had so little talent that they had to. Um, tons of draft picks. Uh, loved the trade. Fifth round, getting Matt Breida for a fifth round pick was pretty cool. Uh, nice little maneuvering by the front office there. And uh, the two pick was great. I think uh, he's going to be a star in this league. I just don't know if we're going to see him this year or see how you know see much of him this year. Um, I thought, and I still think that there's 
a plus EV play to be made on Miami to win the AFC East because if any team can surprise who's, uh, you know, kind of in the mix but in a really poor division, it's Miami. Um, I just uh, – you're right. We need to see them get some coin flip wins early and then uh, see the continuity pay off when their schedule gets a little bit tougher. For sure. Um, Minnesota is a team that I've kind of cooled off on I'm still cooling off on them. Uh, huge chain, huge turnover for them in the uh, you know losing their offensive coordinator. Um, huge, huge turnover for them. Uh, a lot of their existing players were not retained in the secondary. They brought in an entire youth movement to play pass defense now, which is uh, always questionable. Uh, nice move to bring in Yannick Ngakwe and get him on a nice cost-controlled uh, contract somehow. I don't know how they manage that but that was uh, that was good uh, so they'll have an outstanding pass rush um, but you're still going to be able to pick on these cornerbacks and I think the loss of Stefan Diggs is going to be meaningful I mean this is just a high turnover team this year which is weird considering that they won a playoff game last year like you usually don't see that many moving parts on a team that wins a playoff game um, but it's going to take me what's that yeah, but should they have? Should they have? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not. Yeah, probably not. Um, you know, it, it, the uh, that was a hell of an overtime uh, and a hell of a touchdown, non-PI by Kyle Rudolph. But whatever the case is, the uh, light, light tap. Yeah, no. I'm, yeah, and and Daniel uh, yeah. Hunter hasn't even practiced yet. Like everyone's all excited about the Ngakwe signing. Daniel Hunter hasn't played. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he still hasn't even like hardly practiced. So, yeah, there's some injury. If you're missing him, you bring in a new guy. You lose your corners. There's zero safety depth. You yeah, have I don't. Safeties and that's it. The defense is supposed to be you know the strong point, and I see a lot of question marks. You yeah. lose Diggs. How much does that affect Thielen, Jefferson? A lot of people were make, trying to make the point that Jefferson is too similar to Thielen. You have too much of the same thing. And, I mean, I didn't fully agree with that, but at the same time, he's certainly not Diggs. So, I think this team takes a step back. I was yeah, just I in a fantasy draft for, you know, with a bunch of my buddies who are all from Minnesota. So, I mean, a couple made the case for the 14-2 and two Vikings. <laughs> After many, 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 many games, like oh man, it was it was something. Once once the drinks flowed it, every year, it's like man, how many Super Bowls are we gonna win, guys? But I, I think they might take a step back. I think nine's kind of the ceiling. That's their that's their win total. I would yeah. lean under just because I I don't like some of the moves that uh, they made. And yeah, new offensive coordinator again. Yeah, I think this is an alt under team. Uh, I would go under eight for them. Um, there's enough. There are enough question marks in their schedule. Is you know the schedule doesn't them no favors really. Um, this is going to be tough for them to exceed expectations this year. So uh, I think they, I do think they take a step back. Um, New England Patriots, you want to go first? Yeah, New England. Uh, starting Cam, weird. Like who would have predicted that? There's people still saying Stidham might start. Dumb, super dumb. You don't bring Cam in and not let him play. He's a leader. As much as people hate on him for some of the stuff he does and his antics and what he wears after the games, he's a leader and he's been there. He's an MVP. He's a Super Bowl, you know, participant, except for that one play where he didn't dive for the fumble. Um, 
the defense might still be good. You know, we pick on other teams. Don't defense isn't predictive, but at the same time, when you have Belichick, it's easier to say the defense might just be good again. Uh, I believe in Josh McDaniels. I guess I I believe in the the ability to work this around. A new, it's, when's the last time? I mean, what Matt Castle stepping in for the better part of a season? You had the four game suspension where he had to go with Brissett and. God knows who else, but they, they make everyone look good. So why not do it with somebody who's won an MVP award? I think, uh, I think they can, I think they can be good. It, it, it sucks. I hate it. I don't want them to be good, but they're probably going to win nine, 10 games. It'll be a dogfight between them and Buffalo for the division. I don't think this is a Patriots team that wins, you know, 11, 12, 13, but it's, it's a team that likely wins the division. Yeah. I haven't made up my mind on these guys at all. I have no flipping, flipping clue what my numbers ought to be for them. The losses that they sustained on the defensive side of the ball in terms of veterans who are sitting out this season are going to be meaningful. I don't know how they're going to generate a pass rush. They have some great coverage players, so they're going to be tough to pass on. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a total black box what these guys are going to look like this year, especially on offense. Uh, I do have – I am somewhat – Hopeful, cautiously optimistic that Cam Newton is going to be, um, you know, a, a bona fide NFL quarterback for them this season. Uh, I think his skill set fits what the Patriots like to do uh, fairly well. Um, and I think a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's you know smart offensive mind and analytics that they you know they do behind the scenes there, uh, will absolutely make maximize the uh, you know Cam's usage. And you know they still. They still thrive and exist in a division with, you know, the, the really no competition, which is wild. Um, and you know, AFC East has just been so freaking soft for so long. I don't think there's a bet to be made on them preseason unless you know something better about what they're going to look like. Um, but a lot of that is all speculation because um, it's going to take them a little while to find. Yeah, so, someone says that cheapest contract for a N- MVP in NFL history. Perfect. Obviously, like no, it's funny. Like once someone, I bet you Adrian Peterson's contract uh, for at the uh, at the Lions is pretty competitive. Yeah, it probably is. That's weird that he went probably vet men. But still, like yeah, getting Cam for that cheap, it's only something the Patriots do. And if he's good, people are going to be mad because well, <laughs> and other GMs will be quietly mad behind the scenes because they could have had him. All summer long. So, uh, well, they yeah. should be quietly happy behind the scenes because all of the chips were there for the Patriots to tank for Trevor. Yeah, that's fair. It would yeah, have been yeah, pretty damn easy for them to to pull the old "we're going to replace Peyton Manning with Andrew Luck after one shit season." Yeah, um, you know, like that was the that that playbook was there for them if they wanted it, and they chose a different path where they could potentially compete for a playoff spot with Cam Newton. Oh, Saints. Saints. I don't really know how to feel about these guys. I still am uncamped that Drew Brees' prime is long, 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 long gone. But Sean Payton has consistently uh, shaped an offense that he can thrive in, especially in the regular season. I think that you have to expect that the Saints losing home field advantage that is the Superdome is going to mean something to their uh, overall success this season. They're not going to have straightforward, easy wins where they get the crowd worked up on a Monday night football and just bury the, the likes of the, uh, you know, the Falcons or the Washington football team or something. So it's going to be tougher for them this year. They're, 
they start out pretty soft schedule wise. They should get some wins early in the season, but then kind of, you know, right before Halloween through uh, almost through Christmas, they go to schedule hell. They have one of the tougher runs that I have seen in many, many years evaluating the schedule. Uh, and I think that takes them out of contention for the number one overall seed in the NFC, um, which means that Drew Brees is going to have to go outdoors and win some games in January if he's going to make the Super Bowl. Uh, and I think that's asking him a lot, uh, especially at this age. Um, and they did a nice job of pairing, you know, getting another weapon, offensive weapon in the passing game to go along with um, Thomas. I think Sanders is going to be a great fit there. Um, but I also, uh, you know, they're not explosive enough to keep up with some of the better offenses in the league, in my opinion. Um, their defense is solid, but again, it's also a little bit stars and scrubby. Uh, they don't have a ton of depth. They're a little cap thin. Uh, and so injuries on the defense are going to be important to keep an eye on. Um, but overall, they're complete. They're a complete team. They're clearly one of the top two teams in the NFC, just from a, you know, just from a roster strength standpoint, from a neutral power number standpoint. So I guess I get why, uh, you know, they're a pretty popular pick to win the Super Bowl. I get why they're popular pick to win the NFC. Um, but I personally think that, that they are going to have a very, very difficult time getting to 11 wins, which is what they need to make their win total and what they would need to clinch the one seed. Uh, so I have put no bets down on the Saints in the futures market, and I don't think I will be this season unless something absolutely yeah. wild happens. I bet them very early before Tampa Bay signed literally every good player and then had a good game. So that's, that's on me. I got a bad number on them, and uh, nothing I can do about it now. I still think they're good. I like the addition of Manny Sanders as number two. That's as good of a number two as you could ask for just grabbing as a free agent. <laughs> Everybody else who made trades for good receivers, like Diggs, like uh, Hopkins, you're trading for your number one. Like that's a great trade for your number two or move yeah. for your number two. So the offense will be good. They got a lot more competition in division than expected. So it'll be tough, but at the same time, they they still should be you know one of the favorites in the NFC. I'm stuck with my position. If I was betting it now, I probably wouldn't. And uh, yeah, again, their win total is a little reachy. I'm, I'm not saying bet the under, but it's a tough one. Uh, Giants, that's one I am betting the uh, six, still six, six plus one hundred. I'm, I'm gonna bet the under at bookmaker right now. I'm doing it live on the air, first, first live bet on the air of the season. It's still just, I don't see how this team is good at all. They've already had injuries. The line's moving against them in week one already. And the and the we looked at the schedule. The schedule sucks. Uh, again, especially if the if the Washington football team is decent at all, this is like a two win team. Maybe I'll eat my words. And Danny Dimes plays well. Saquon is a is a star. Like he's a great running back. But again, it's it's similar to Carolina. Like well, if if you're way behind because the rest of your team sucks, you can't sit there and rely on the run game. So, I'm uh, I'm out on the Giants. I'm not loving them, and it's yeah, that's gonna be my take all season, I guess. And unless they surprise me, keep it you know keep an open mind. Yeah, no, they have an absolutely brutal schedule. You mentioned it. Uh, they have a poor offensive line um, with a lot of youth. Uh, combine that with the quarterback who has fumbling problems. And I think you're going to have a very uneven season. Uh, and, you know, you 
have a – you didn't mention it, but their defense is, like, flat-out bad. Like, it is a bad Yeah, and they've, and they've had injuries. And they've had injuries. And they've cut – they cut – Baker got uh, – Baker going to jail probably, I guess. But uh, they cut the – you know, the guy they traded up for in their first – you know, for round one pick last year. It's, it's, it's gone sideways in a hurry here. Uh, with the defense especially, and um, didn't love the Joe Judge hire to begin with. Um, now I really don't know what he's going to be able to do to help uh, get this team to improve. Um, under six, I would go under five. I think that's you know, you're you're right. Like I go think my my best estimate this is a four and ten four and twelve team this year. Um, so under five, I'm I'm happy with that number. Oh, you do Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yes. Market is a little warmer on the Jets than the Giants, which is surprising. Um, I think their win total at six and a half reflects the fact that they have a little bit easier schedule than the Giants, not that they have a more talented team. Uh, they spent a lot of money in the offseason to try to rehabilitate their offensive line, uh, which they needed to. Uh, they have decimated – important parts of their defense. Um, no clue how they generate a pass rush. No clue how they shut down uh, teams in the passing game. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a long season for the Jets because Sam Darnold is probably not the guy long-term, especially paired with Adam Gase. Um, Adam Gase has not done an especially good job in his career developing young quarterback, uh, and Darnold needs a lot of help. They have questions across the offensive weapons in the passing game as well. Uh, really, they spend a ton of money in the offseason, and they fix the offensive line, and they can stop the run. But there's not a lot of other uh, you know, parts of their roster you can point to and say they have that position figured out. Uh, and that's a problem because there's a lot of other teams that are relatively complete, uh, and uh, you, know, you, you got outspent by Miami in division, who's at about the same win total. I'm much higher on Miami than I am on the Jets this year. Um, you know, you're going to have a tough time dealing with Cam Newton, for sure, and the New England Patriots. Seven-point dogs out of the gate to the Buffalo Bills. Like, it's going to be a long season for the Jets. Six-and-a-half is also probably too high, um, and I really don't know what the future of this franchise looks like. They have competent general manager um, decision-making, the best that I can tell you. Uh, so if they just move on head coach position and bring in someone more capable and develop Sam Darnold, maybe this gets salvaged. Um, but it's going to be a, a, a longer rebuild than one off season for these guys. Yeah. Um, combined New York team wins versus Patriots. <sighs> Man. Even money. I mean, you're getting, you're making a bad bet. Yeah, I know the, you add a, you add the two together. It's yeah, it's it right now. The market would tell you that the New York, that New York, yeah, Baltimore, then, yeah. Okay, there you go. What do we got? Chiefs of Baltimore. I'm yeah. I'm I'm taking uh I'm taking the uh the the blue chippers there, man. Yeah, I'll Give take me, the one uh, team over the two. So yeah, yeah I'm e- equally down on the Jets. It's uh, I'd say if I'm down on one more than the other, it's probably the Giants. Even though they have absolutely agreed, better absolutely. they have a better like a star they have an actual running back compared to a washed up Le'Veon. but uh yeah darnold i mean maybe i was wrong on him i still like i like darnold and rosen which that doesn't feel great now but darnold still maybe just a prisoner of bad coaching 
he still might end up being decent once they get rid of Gaius. Best case is they'd lose like 10 straight games. They fire Gaius, get someone in there, start over. Yeah. I, I lean under here as well. It could be a rough season, especially with Miami maybe being better than they should be. Uh, Philly is just another win injury away from having a weird year. We bet some hurts at like a hundred to one. It's kind of like the old Dak Prescott rookie of the year bet. Like yeah. you're betting a cheetah, Sports Cheetah, Preston Johnson there. He phrased it the best. He's like, it's a parlay between this team could probably be good and Tony Romo gets hurt. Like that was his – he's like, I'm parlaying that for like a 1,000 to 1. He's like, I feel like the odds were lower. It's the same thing. Like Wince is maybe injury prone if that's a thing. Hurts, I feel like that was kind of a fun bet. I'm not cheering for an injury, but if it did happen, I wouldn't cry because I think Hurts could be fun. He's, yeah, he doesn't have, like, an NFL arm, but I don't know if Lamar does either. And he was a ton of fun. So, I'm I'm thinking nine and a half is a titch high, especially just I not fully believing in what they did at receiver. I think they need to do a little more. The defense, it was hard to make judgments on them last year because there were so many injuries. It was a really injury-riddled team, and maybe that's why I'm a little lower on them than I should be. So maybe the nine and a half isn't terrible. If they stay healthy, yeah, they compete for a division. But if they have luck like they did last year, it's going to be a rough season again. So Philly kind of it depends on the it depends on the health of Wentz and a few other things. And I'm kind of Philly neutral, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of where I'm at too. And I agree. The Wentz in, you know went potential for a Wentz injury is real, um, and I'm concerned about it. The fact that they have lost. Uh, some important offensive linemen on top of that is not great. Um, I thought they did a decent job of addressing some of the holes in their roster, uh, albeit they reached in the draft for a couple of players. Um, and, you know, using your second, you know, second round pick on, um, on Hertz when you have other holes in your, on your team, uh, you know, that tells you something. So uh, overall, I still like the coach. Overall, I still like the GM. Uh, I think they're building in the right direction. But I have I have no Philly action this year, uh, except for kind of in the back of my head. I think that the market has moved so much in the direction of Dallas that there's probably some value on Philly to win the NFC East or something like that. Um, and that's something to keep it's an clo- eye on. It's close. Really. Yeah, it's closer. It's closer than the current line. If Rager's good and the receiving core is coming together and it's a competent pass offense, they have a shot to absolutely compete with Dallas. Yeah. Um, I don't have much on Pittsburgh. Let's let you do that one. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers get their quarterback, Big Ben, back. They return a defense that uh, the world is expecting to regress to some degree because defense is a reflection of offense. Um, and the market has kind of given them a fair rating. And if anything, I think at nine and a half, it's a little overrated, uh, if anything. Um, but Pittsburgh absolutely will have a more dynamic passing game this year. That is an enormous upgrade from what they had with the Mason Hodges to go to, to big Ben. Uh, and I think if you, even if the defense does take a little bit of a step back, you're talking about such an improvement on the offensive side of the ball that you have, uh, that you're going to be competitive in almost every game on your schedule. You're going to compete with the Ravens for sure. You're not, you know, that's not an easy win. It's not you're not an easy win for any team in the NFL this year, um, and uh, I think it's fair to be a little bit bullish on uh, Big Ben's chances to really leave his mark on the season. What do you think? 
Yeah, he was great two years ago. Been over this 100 times. Their schedule's pretty easy. All their disadvantaged spots are against Cincinnati. They have a pretty advantageous spot schedule. I mean, still have tough teams on the schedule they have to get it done with. But I like the combination of Ben getting back with uh, Ebron and the receivers they have currently and the defense, even if it's a shadow of what it was last year. Could be a good team. Yeah. I've been several different ways. I got Big Ben fifty to one to win MVP. I've got them five to one and a kind of a it was an odds boost number to win the division. I bet them to have more wins than the Eagles. Ooh, and a, that's like a fun one. Five. A few yeah, I I've got too much Pittsburgh. So if Pittsburgh said <laughs> find me in a ditch living underneath a under a tarp propped up. So Dude, congratulations to the New York Giants for being one and zero after be- defeating the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night football. Oh, yeah. And I bet, I bet week one. <laughs> I thought that number was wrong. Yeah. And it yeah, moved. Yeah. It's up to six. So incredible. Uh, Niners. Niners were great. Yeah. The, I feel bad that we just gushed about them, but it was hard not to like, I feel like the, a couple years in a row, we've been hard on the Super Bowl losing team. Maybe both lose it, both Super Bowl teams a couple times, and we just couldn't do it with either team this year. We bet Jimmy G to win the MVP at a big number that we're probably going to lose because I think we both did it at five dimes. The defense should be good. The defense should be better than last year, honestly. They were there were big injuries for big parts of the season. If they stay healthy, the defense might be just as good as last year, might not see the regression, and if the passing offense is healthy. Another year from the injury, Jimmy G can be very good. Ten and a half um, at plus money. I don't know. I'm not going to bet that. But I will be looking for the Niners in spots because they match up very good against some teams. If you can get the Niners versus somebody with a bad offensive line, it might not matter how good the offense is. It's going to be a rough team or a rough uh, rough game for the other team. Yeah. Uh, Not not, not going so far as to say that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but I do think they can win the NFC. I think it's fair play to make them – they have to play them to win the NFC now because they have an easy opening start to their season. Uh, they're going to get the you know important pieces back in terms of health uh, as you get into the meat of the season where their schedule gets a little bit tougher. Um, and I think it's fair to expect the defense to regress to a degree. Uh, however, it's not like they had an especially good – coverage unit anyway it was mostly just they could get a lead because their offense is good and then their pass rush can absolutely rake uh and i would expect you know nothing has changed about any of that um a little bit vulnerable to the top tier teams in the league because of the coverage question marks um but i would expect that you see more of an offensive focus out of a kyle shanahan coach team in uh, jimmy g's third year under his tutelage uh so i think uh, niners are gonna be my pick to win the nfc and uh, that's about the only way I played them, besides from the Jimmy G MVP, which thankfully I got it at a couple places, but it sucked with that 51. Yeah, the 51 was the best one I had. Um, Division rival, Seattle. Mm. Seattle Seahawks have a coaching problem. Uh, Until they deal with that, which may be never, uh, I don't know that we'll ever realize – uh, Russell Wilson's potential to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he tends to thrive in uh, situations where, you know, he's put under duress, which is awesome to watch. Uh, he can come back, you know, like a mass. He's masterful at the comeback. He's masterful at avoiding 
uh, avoiding the uh, pass rush. And uh, he's got an awesome set of weapons to throw to this year. So Russell Wilson should have an absolutely spectacular year if he is allowed to cook. Uh, the question is, question is, there's no one really in a place of decision-making power in the coaching staff in Seattle who you have faith can do that. Um, and so it's going to be a frustrating season to back and to cheer for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I personally put them in the top tier of NFC teams overall, just because, well, I think that much of Russell Wilson. Um, and they have some nice pieces. Uh, they did, did a really nice job of rebuilding the defensive secondary on the fly. Uh, not going to have a lick of a pass rush, but uh, they're going to be able to cover pretty well, which is important because they run a very basic defense. Uh, so you need to have very strong cover players. And they look to have compiled that on the fly, which is pretty cool. Uh, I guess Jamal Adams is going to give them a little bit of a pass rush. But uh, overall, I think they're going to have to get it. Yeah, even offense. though he's a, he's a, you know, it's a secondary pass rush. Yeah, team. yeah, exactly. He's from that position. Yeah, and I think overall Seattle is going to be in a lot of coin flip games. Uh, anytime you see them as a dog against a top-tier team, I think they're worth playing. Uh, anytime you see them laying more than a touchdown, I think they're worth fading. Uh, and, you know, they're going to lose games they shouldn't. They have no business losing. Uh, they're, going to, they're going to win games by smaller margins than they have, have any business winning them by. Um, but uh, it should be, you know, fun. Every, every NFC North – excuse me, every NFC West – uh, you know, game this season should be awesome. Seattle just happens to have a tough enough schedule that I don't think they can catch the Niners. Oh, yeah. If Russ can cook and the pieces in the secondary help, it's like Booger says, the passing game's working, the team's going to play well, and we could have a, a pretty fun division. But if they are committed to the run, if the new pieces don't work out, if the offensive line doesn't play well, it's going to go under the season win total. Nine and a half is pretty fair. It's still a good team. It's a good team with a great quarterback. It's an okay team with a, an electric quarterback. So it, it's going to be tough to play against them. These, it's a tough team to bet against because you, you feel like your team should be up by 100 and Russ just keeps dragging them closer. It's a very frustrating team to bet against every year. So I'll probably just try to avoid it this year. Uh, Tampa, oh, three left. Getting there, Tampa, like we talked about earlier, who didn't they add? They already had two you know, stud wide receivers. They drafted well. They added Tom Brady and in his advanced, you know, advanced age. Gronk, who knows how he's going to be out of retirement. But at the same time, it should be a better team than last year. Over nine and a half might be a little aggressive. It's still a tough division. A healthy Atlanta and good New Orleans absolutely makes it a tough division even with Carolina in there so I'm not running to the window like everyone was I know the people that got early numbers they're feeling pretty good because there were some really good early numbers to be had I'm not excited about betting them either way now I'm finally just giving in saying yes it's going to be a good team it sucks I hate to I hate that uh, Brady went somewhere else and is going to bring a, a team that I bet against early by taking some Saints futures and make them good, but here we are. Yeah, I think uh, – do you think the market overreacted or do you think it's reacted appropriately? It overreacted. Yeah, I think so. Not enough to cover my ass on the way down, so. Yeah, my main read on Tampa Bay, I didn't make any bets on them to do anything for the season long, but uh, it's going to be it. the best the best live betting team in the NFL because they're, they're constructed a perfect – in the perfect way where – 
with a huge deficit, with a with a huge deficit, they're going to be a bet on team because they can stop the run extremely well, and they can they have all the weapons that you want in the passing game. So they're going to be able to come back from two score deficits if it, if it presents itself. Similarly, they're going to be up two scores and not be able to put away games. Uh, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun to bet these guys at halftime, and then in specific matchups, you know, from a team standpoint. Um, I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty jacked for, you know, anything that, anything that, that they do positive now is obviously, you know, gravy for Tom Brady's career, which is, you know, would be cool, but, um, you know, if, if there were a lot of times last season where I thought, uh, Brady's arm was pretty much done. Uh, I didn't think he could make the throws as he got into the month of December. It was pretty obvious uh, from the Texans game on. Uh, that he really wasn't the same passer that he was uh, in previous years. And now he's got not a great fit with a bunch of guys who can run downfield and get open, you know, 20 yards down the field. Um, and we're going to find out if Tom Brady uh, does have a, you know, a resistance to aging because he's going to be asked to do them some things that he hasn't had to do in, in many years. So um, there's a high ceiling for these guys, but there's also uh, a potential that this goes sideways pretty quick. Yeah, I'd like to see the latter, honestly, because it's funnier to me. <laughs> I don't think it's crazy. No, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't get in on the bandwagon early enough. Um, yeah, I'll talk about Tennessee a little bit. So Tennessee, Tennessee. Tennessee is probably the weird – this is going to be the weird kind of flag in the ground team for me this season, and I don't have a great reason. I don't have lots of reasons why. Like, I can't really eloquently say why I feel like the, like I'm higher on the market than these guys. Um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm higher on Tennessee than the market for some reason. Um, I got – You know who it feels like, Drew? Who? The 2018 Bears where I couldn't really explain why yeah. I was higher on them, and yeah. I was. And then, bef- and then I bet them. I took some futures, and then they added an electric pass rusher. Uh-huh, that's a I, good point. I bet him before point. Khalil Mack. You bet him before and, Khalil Mack. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a fucking cherry on top of all my bets. That's not crazy. Um, so before Clowney move, obviously, I, I felt like the signal we got from Ryan Tannehill last year as a quarterback was true. Uh, I thought that was real. He is as good as those numbers indicated. Now, I 100% recognize that the offense as a whole succeeded in the red zone beyond any reasonable, repeatable level. Like, that's not going to happen. Ever. That they can convert in the red zone the way that they were uh, down the stretch there. Um, but I don't think they necessarily have to. I love the overall. I look at the defense and I see, you know, key – I see super talented players at every level. Um, not – no, like, obvious key holes. I was a little worried that they weren't going to be able to generate much of a pass rush, and now they signed Clowney. Um, I think they're – I absolutely think they're – um, you know, in the mix as one of the top three teams in the AFC, uh, clearly the third. Uh, I have more regard for Pat Mahomes and KC. I have more regard for Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Um, but they're my third team in the AFC in terms of power rating. And their schedule, they have a tough opener on the road at altitude, which is you never want to really start your season in Denver. That's not, you know, that's not ideal. Um, but then from week two to like week 10, uh, they were given an extremely soft landing uh, to compile wins. Almost all of the you know games through that stretch, um, they are 
home and or, uh, you know, not asked to travel especially far, which is, uh, you know, I think the exact recipe that I kind of look for when I'm trying to identify which team is going to compile some early season success and surprise. Um, they're run really from week two Jacksonville through week nine Chicago. Like I love, like, it's just a, it's just a sweet, um, they, they travel twice over the course of nine weeks, which is crazy at Minnesota and at Cincinnati and Cincinnati's off there by, and that's not even that far of a trip. So if you're going to let me, you know, you're, you're going to leave these guys uh, at home kind of comfortable, not dealing with the rigors of whatever COVID traveling is like in 2020. Um, you know, I think that that serves them well to be able to, uh, you know, get out to a, a nice little, a nice little start, put some pressure on the rest of the teams in the AFC. Um, and, uh, yeah, I bet him forty to one to win the Super Bowl and sixteen to one to win the AFC. Uh, I don't think that those are winning plays, um, but I do think those numbers get a hell of a lot shorter because I do think it's it's in the realm of possibility that Tennessee gets the number one overall seed. Yeah, I have them as like the fifth best team in the AFC. I'm a little colder on them. I think they can be good. It's just so many things are not repeatable. They'll be a good team. I bet them week one. They shouldn't have been a plus number at all. I was, you know, travel is tough, but travel week one isn't nearly yeah. as tough. I like him to beat Denver. Obviously, the Von Miller news is making that number move. It's like some fake CLV for me right away. <laughs> I don't think, uh, you know, just the red zone success and basing it off uh, the success of a running back is tough to repeat. So, uh, nine wins. I think they're in the playoffs. I think they win the division. But I don't. I'm not super high on the division as as a whole. I, I think nine or ten wins probably gets it done in the AFC South. They might go over their win total. They might grab. They might get to that ten. But I don't see them having this super high ceiling. Okay. The, the schedule is easy-ish, but again, it's just I don't think it's going to be completely repeatable. You know, you just you have some regression in the red zone. Kick some field goals, miss some field goals, throw some interceptions in the red zone. And you're just not going to have the year you had. Uh, yeah, like I said, they're top five team in the conference. I just I'm not getting behind them on on futures like you are, which leads us to their final team, Washington's football team. The football somebody in my fantasy league. The football team. Himself. Yeah, he named himself just the fantasy football fantasy team or whatever football team. I tried to do that in one of my leagues, but there was only a certain number of characters. You were like. Oh, yeah, he he managed. I don't know, but yeah. We're higher on this defense than a lot of people are. We're high on Chase. Bet him, what, three plus 350 to win? Yes, thankfully not at a book that's going to avoid it. Nope. (laughs) I mean, I don't have a ton to say about the offense. I'm not sure how the quarterback situation is going to go. I like Terry. I like some of the pieces. I like Gibson. Everybody in the fantasy community loves Gibson. He's looking good. He might be, you know, pretty healthy in the receiving game as well. It's still not going to be a good team. Their season win total set at five for a reason. They're going to be a squirrely team, and I think they're going to be a bet-on team if the numbers are big enough because they have a defense that can keep them in games against the spread. You know, like it's not going to be like, oh, man, they almost beat the Cowboys. Like, yeah, they were covering that game from wire to wire, and they were never going to win. Like a game like that. So they're, they're going to be a bet on team for me at some point during the season. And I took some futures on them as far as Chase. Uh, 
I think I have one more out there. I would have to look. I, we like the team as much as you can like a team that probably wins five or six games. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And uh, it's uh, if uh, if Arizona is this year's Cleveland, and if the Bills are this year's Bears, uh, the Washington football team is this year's Niners. Uh, although I don't think they have the same ceiling in terms of. Uh, offensive potential because Haskins is, still needs to grow into the position in a lot okay. of ways. He had a total disaster of year one, um, but they're being power rated like he's going to be the 32nd best quarterback in the league, and I think he has a higher upside than that. So, um, you know, in general, I do think they're going to surprise. I don't think this is a five-win team. I think it's an eight-win team, uh, and I think they're going to be a, a spread-covering darling. So I think you said it all, and um, Chase Young – just uh, stay healthy, buddy, because uh, God, do I love that. Yeah, I kind of went heavy on that one. Poy number, I, I did too. And you know, what I thought I thought I bet three fifty, but I have four fifty. I don't even remember when I put. When I think I, I think we got. I, I get the. I think the best I got was four. Yeah, I think three fifty is where I went heavy because, and then it just kept. There's books that have plus one seventy five, which is ridiculous. I don't know. I think fair price is even. Who else is even in the competition? DPOI. It's, yeah, there, there's uh, D, somebody D, rookie, somebody rookie. over their head. There'll be a competition, but yeah, he, he should be the favorite for a reason. So okay. that's 32 NFL teams from time. All right, man. We did it in exactly an hour, exactly like we said we would. Two minute we drill. Did fucking not. <laughs> that's we're not true. we're the deep dive. We do long form podcasts. Yeah, we're long form. So you. you know All what? Right, man. The short yeah, the only way we can keep it short is by a second half starting. That's exactly true. Uh, and even then we sometimes drag on. Um, well, all right. Thanks, well, for good, thing, yeah, thanks for the questions. Thanks for having yeah. I think this was uh, the right thing to do too, right? This was the right thing to do. Getting, uh, getting fired up for, uh, you know, getting fired up for the season. Um, sure thing. Putting all the thoughts in one place. So people don't have to go through 20 hours of, uh, of audio. to go. Big. Exactly. So and tomorrow yeah, we get to do real one, real NFL week one games. I'm very jacked. So, yeah. perfect. All right, Drew. Yeah, and the Bucks. Let's are be back lose. here tomorrow night, and let's break down a whole slate. Man, try to keep it under two hours. Yeah, sounds good. Um, good luck with us. Milwaukee Bucks, man. Go on. Are they going to cover? Are we still on? Are we up? Um, Bucks oh, wait, are done. Wait, wait, wait. wait.